Um, now, if you're under 99, just while they're doing this, can you put your hands on your heads? On your shoulders? On your knees and your toes, heads and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, heads and shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, and eyes and ears and mouth and nose, head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Right, I thought I, I don't know any jokes, but I can sing. So, uh, right now, thank you. What was that? So I am um, carrying on the topic that we're talking about, um, about uh, uh, (laughs) discipling together, following Jesus together. (laughs) I've got head, shoulders, knees and toes in my head. Um, And my topic this morning is um, when women follow but it's got two titles because it can also be called Jesus and the Marginalised. And I just wondered if ever you have been in the position uh, of being in school and being in that team where, where, where they pick two team leaders for netball or football and they pick people out one at a time and you're one of the last people picked. Or there's a party going on and you really thought you'd be invited and you're missed off the list. Or uh, you thought you were going to get a promotion and somebody over, overlooked you. That whole feeling of being undervalued, under, unseen, not, not noticed, um, being marginalised is a horrible feeling. And I wait to hold on to that feeling because that is what we're talking about this morning. Um, and the women in the place of society when Jesus walked the earth wasn't very a good one. So they were objects to own. They were overlooked. They were left out. And in Jewish um, culture, the men in mid-2nd century were taught by a teacher to do a daily blessing. There was three parts to this daily blessing. It was an expression of their gratitude of one station in life. And it was to do a daily morning prayer. So it was a very spiritual, religious thing that all the men would do. And it was part of the prayer book as well. So it was an official prayer. And this was the lovely prayer they'd pray. Thank God that I'm not a Gentile, I'm not a woman, and I'm not a slave. Wow. That's what they were thankful for. And in the days when Jesus walked the earth, in order to validate something, you needed two witnesses. So if it was wedding or buying the land, um, or there was a criminal act, you needed two witnesses. But the testimony of a woman was worthless. It wasn't counted. So we see that... The very people the world marginalised, women and other people, and devalued, were the very people that Jesus picked, were very people that Jesus chose to experience. The most amazing thing that ever happened on the earth was a resurrection of himself. And he picked women to be those that witnessed and declared the first time this ever happened. So if you turn to Luke 24, 22 to 24... We're going to read that passage. Luke 24, verses 22 to 24. Lots of 20s in there. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came out and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. 
but they did not see Jesus. Jesus often called those people who were marginalised in his society and he challenged attitudes to to, um, society about who was acceptable and who wasn't. And it was true of women. And here we see that the women testified first. Although in their society, their testimony was worthless. And it's the first testimony in the Bible. It's amazing. Jesus is just amazing the way he turns the kingdom upside down on its head. And he loves women and he loves marginalised. And he said, if you feel overseen and underlooked and overlooked and unloved this morning, he's calling you and he loves you deeply. He's that kind of God. He's that kind of Jesus. So even in Jesus' life, all the way through, we see Mary, the mother of Jesus. He's, she's the star almost of when he's his first miracle he ever does when he calls into ministry. There's a woman there. When he's on the cross, there's women present. And, and on his resurrection, there's women in the story. And all the way through, I've been looking at the, um, the Chosen. I don't know if ever be, any of you have watched the Chosen videos. Um, they're really good. And in it, you see how Jesus pulls women into equality with men in the, and calls them disciples. It's, a re, it's lovely to watch. So God gives an extra special place for the marginalised, the lowly and the downcast, the peripheral and the insignificant, the unseen and those not counted as equal. Even on his best sermon, he does, the Sermon on the Mount that everybody knows. He talks about blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, those who hunger for righteousness, those who are persecuted, those who are meek. So who were the marginalised in Jesus' society? We've already spoken about some, like the tax collectors, Zacchaeus and Matthew, the prostitutes, Mary, lepers, those with physical disabilities, because obviously doctors and NHS wasn't around then, divorced, the unmarried, the adulterer, the murderer, the thief. I was thinking, who are our marginalised people in our society? The overlooked, the people that we don't count as equal. Are they the asylum seeker, those on benefits, those with addiction, those isolated and lonely with nobody, the elderly, the learning disabled, the gambler? There's so many. And I was asking God and saying, why is it that you say you come and call the sick and not the healthy? Why do you go for the marginal? Why do you call the people who aren't, look at many of his disciples, they're not the high flyer academic people. They're the normal, marginalised people, those who were down to earth. And I thought they're actually the people that knew inside their hearts that they needed to change. They knew their life was perfect. They knew they didn't have it all together. And the key of discipleship is knowing that we need to change, that we haven't got it all together, that we need transformation. We need to become more like him. We haven't got it all sorted. If Jesus reached out to the marginalised of his time, and if he placed such value on those the society of his time did not value, then as followers who follow him closely, we must do the same. People in need are not a project. They're to be loved. They're people we love. Whether we feed them, whether we clothe them, we're there to disciple them, to show them who Jesus is. And as disciples of Jesus, we must let him do with us too so that we become more like him. What will that mean for us? So the first thing is, we will be disciples 
who are ready to change by listening well. So the marginalised and ostracised are ostracised for reason because society doesn't think they level up, they measure up. Measure up to what we think is okay, measure up to how we think people should be. They're different from us. They make us feel uncomfortable. And I found this verse in Job, which can be a little bit uncomfortable. Job 12, verse 5. Um, didn't realise it existed in, in the Bible. <laughs> Many verses like that. It says, those who are at ease have contempt for misfortune, for the fate of those who are slipping. I'll read it again. Those who are at ease have nice houses, nice jobs, are comfortable, got enough to eat, got a roof over their head, have contempt for misfortune, for the fate of those whose feet are slipping. And we know life's a mess. We know we're all broken. But sometimes in our ease, we can have contempt for other people. We can, we can um, in our attempts to look good, we can put other people down. We can make ourselves separate. We can step backwards we can become proud. We can lose our identity in not knowing that we are loved and actually become blaming and criticising others and step back and say, you're different, you're less than me. We stop listening with an open heart because of pride. There's a verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 37, verse 23. It says, Who is it you've ridiculed and blasphemed? Against who have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes in pride? Against the Holy One of Israel. And you read this and you think, is that me? Crikey, surely I, that's not me. I'm, I'm not like that. And then I was thinking of teenagers. I don't know if you ever, you've ever been around a teenager or a young child who thinks they're a teenager or been a teenager yourself. And it says, against whom have you raised your voice and lifted your eyes? I don't know if you've ever seen a teenager roll their eyes. Roll their eyes. And when you, as a parent, we've had four kids, when you say, right, they're going out on a night, and you say, right, remember your key? Have you got change for the taxi? Have you got your phone charged? Have you got your, you got, you're warm enough? You've got your friends around you? Don't stay on your own. Make sure you, and they stand there and go, yes, I know. I know it. I've done, heard it all before. You don't have to tell me. I've got it all sorted. And then later, when they get home, they ring you because they've forgotten the key. <laughs> and it's that whole thing, I've got this. I've got this sorted. I know what I'm doing. And sometimes when we read the Bible, and again it says, love your neighbour as yourself. And we go, yeah, I got it sorted. Love your neighbour as yourself. I know that's the most important commandment. I've got this. I've got it sorted. We stop listening. Because actually God wants to say something to us. Is, I want you to love this neighbour I want you to love them like this. Can you hear what I'm saying? And pride and perfection can cause us to close down and armour up. Are you coming to help? I do like helpers. So the second one, disciples. Disciples who are ready to change and keep their hearts soft. So rather than being hard and armoured up thinking we've got it all sorted, we're to be soft like clay. It says, we are the clay and you are the potter. We're the work of your hands. We want to become more like Jesus. Let's be soft and listen well. Have our hearts soft. I'll take it out in a minute. Keep our eyes open. Open to the word what it really says and not think we know what it says. Hear 
and change. So we become disciples who are transformed. Because disciples who want to listen aren't those who think they can do it themselves. They lean on Jesus. Every day that we don't pray, God's talking to me about this. Every day I don't pray, every day I don't read the Bible and listen to him is a day I think I can manage by myself. Is a day that I am proud because I think today I can manage on myself. I don't need you, Jesus, today. We're to lean on him, listen to him, ask him what it is he wants to say to us. Rely on him. So I have this pot. I just thought, let's make it visual. This is us when we think we've got it sorted. Our lives, our ease, it looks good. We've got it built. But actually, we're not manual. We're not good disciples. If God wants to change any point of this, it's not going to go well, is it? Because we think this is how we should look. So God the potter comes along and says, I think I'll just tap this bit here. Doesn't work well. It costs us a lot of money, that. Well. <laughs> I didn't think it would shatter so bad. This is how God wants us to be. Soft. So every time he touches us, his fingerprints are shown. Every time we, he says, I want you to do this this week, he can move us and take us and make us more like a kingdom pot. It might not look as good to the world, but it's what your maker, your, your master, your lover wants. That's what he's after. And it will leave you with dirty hands. It's not clean and it's not tidy, but it's what your lover, what your maker wants. So let's go back very quickly to the three things. Disciples who are ready to learn, listen well. Disciples who are ready to change, keep their hearts soft. Disciples who are ready to learn, lean on Jesus and don't have a day where they think they can be by themselves. And go back to the prayer of the Jews and said, it was a prayer of identity, saying, thank you that I'm not. Let our prayer of identity be, thank you that I am. I am a son of God. I am loved by you. I am one of your chosen. And let's go back to Luke 24, 22, 24. It says, some of our women amazed us. Let's be so open-minded that we can see the potential of those who are marginalised and different from us. So they amaze us. That we think no one can't be transformed. That everybody has potential. That everybody has gold and gifts inside them. Let's love them. Whether it's practical or discipleship, let's open our hearts and our homes. Let's be prepared for the cost it takes to care. And let everybody amaze us especially those who are marginalised. If you'd like to pray with me. Father God, I thank you that you call us to be more like you. That you want your fingerprints and your imprint to be on our lives. And God, we want to be more like you every step and every day. Father, I pray that you would cause us not to be proud not to think we can live life without you, not to think we've got it all sorted, 
but to be those who humbly come to you every day and say, how do you want this day to pan out? How do you want me, what do you want me to learn today? That you help us see those who are marginalised, that you help us love them, that you help us give practically, that you help us care and love people. God, that we become more like you and we, we, we have hearts that are soft and ready to love all like you. Get our hands dirty like you. In Jesus' name, amen.